Welcome to today's episode of the Prairie Dock Radio Program as we say thank you to our longtime Prairie Dock Radio host, Joan Hogan. Today's episode begins with a conversation with Joan Hogan and KBRK's Bob Wayne reflecting on the history of the radio program. Then, Prairie Dock Deb Johnston and I join the conversation for our standard 30-minute program. Thank you for listening to this special episode, and thank you to Joan Hogan for your many years of service and dedication to this program and podcast. You and Dr. Holm made a great team and provided excellent medical information to your listeners. Congratulations and thank you. And now... The time has come. Our special mystery guest has joined us. Almost didn't recognize her. Joan, how are you? Well, I'm just fine. It's really <laughs> good to be back. Yeah, here, right? I know. I can feel someone's spirit stirring oh. in the studio here. Can you? I can. It uh-huh. just uh, it feels good to be here. And How uh, long has it been? Well, I left for Florida in uh, February. So I haven't been here since February. I thought I'd stop and see you when I got back. We came back the 1st of April. We just couldn't decide whether to leave Florida. It was such a safe place, you know. Oh, I don't oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Just, yeah. And, of course, South Dakota is even safer, no mask, whatever. But um, we decided to come back to South Dakota. And I thought, well, I'll get to see Bob. And then I had a total knee replacement. So I didn't get to see Bob. And Laura, of course, has filled in beautifully and taken over the program. So you're sort of like the bionic woman now. I mean, you know, we, we've got what? Uh, have you had a hip done yet? One hip Kay. and two knees. How much is left? Um, one hip left, I think. I hear you can do shoulders and elbows, but I uh, don't think I want to start on those. I remember that $6 million show on TV with Lee Majors. Now, though, with inflation, you're probably going to be worth about $12 million. So. <laughs> um, it might feel like it. So we're going to kind of reminisce here a little bit today prior to um, our normal half-hour broadcast right. question. Dr. Deb Johnson's going to be in. She's one of our favorite physicians as well, so it'll be fun to have her in. It will be. And... Uh, First, I don't even really know where to start. Why don't you, let's back up and go to the very beginning. The how very many beginning. How many years ago was it you woke up and a light bulb went off over your head and you thought, you know, I have an idea. It wasn't quite a light bulb. It was listening to Bert Getz uh. on the radio. And you know, for those of you who have been here as long as I, you all remember Bert Getz. He re- preceded Bob by many years. Bert Getz, I can kid and make fun of different things about him, but he made this station. Because of Bert Getz, people listened to KBRK. Anyone who knew the program back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, they simply knew you listened to Bert Getz in the morning. He was funny. He was, uh, he, he was just a uh, crazy guy who really got the attention on KBRK. There weren't that many choices on the dial back in the day. Well, there come any, on, no. no, no, no. This is <laughs> I know. This is true. There, there weren't a lot of FM stations. So this was a, this was a heritage station. This was, you know, there were, there were several of them around the state. This was one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was like really for a while they're the only game in town. And Bert did step up. No doubt did. about that. Yeah, He did. But the, the, he had drawbacks. Uh, and one of the drawbacks, <laughs> we won't go into too many of them, but um, our good friend, Dr. Holm, loved to spread the honest word about medicine. It was really important to him. So before I came on, I, uh, I, it had to be about 1992 or 94. I always lose track of the exact date. I should look it up sometime. But either in 92 or 94, Rick just came in to talk to Bert about something that was happening at the clinic. And Bert afterwards said, why don't you come in every week, talk about medicine? He said, that's great. So that's how it started. It wasn't me. It was Bert and Rick. Yeah, and, and so, the truth of that was it was free medical advice because Bert was known to be a little <laughs> cheapskate. So. Bert was tight. Yeah. And what happened was Rick would come in every week and want to talk about medicine but what he got to talk about was the cost of medicine for poor Bert. Because <laughs> if a prescription <laughs> yeah. was expensive, Bert would whine and cry yeah. throughout the whole half-hour program. That's right. And I started picking, I, like everyone else in Brookings, was listening to KBRK. I would listen to this and think, what a total waste. Here is this well-known doctor willing to give a half an hour of his time and all the guy talks about is the cost of medicine. <laughs> I know Dr. Holm has more to say. 
And about that time, my life was changing. I had had a shoe store for 20 years. I sold the store. Our youngest child left for college. And it occurred to me it might be nice if I got a college degree before the fifth one in our family earned one. So I went back to college at State. And I always told my kids, I don't care what you do at college. You go to grad at college you like and study something you love. And what I really loved was radio and TV. So I thought, I can study communication, radio and TV. So that kind of got me going. So here I am, an undergraduate, and God knows how old, but at least I was an undergraduate, studying at State, and I saw Rick at some social event, and I said, Rick, I gotta tell you, I love the program you're doing. I just wish Bert Getz were allowed you to talk about medicine. And he laughed and he said, you're studying radio and TV. I want to be on television. I said, you do. And I said, well, I'll see what I can do. So he and I worked on it for a little bit. And we talked with the local, a local producer here. Um, help me with his name. Jay. Jay. Uh, and Jay had a program going. And or, you know, we worked on it, put together a program. And I said, Rick, while I'm working on this, You know, radio is much easier than TV. It it could take a while before you get a TV program, but you and I could do that radio show and maybe talk about medicine instead of the price of it. (laughs) So he thought it was a great idea. Bert was happy, you know. So that's when I came on. It was probably in 94, 95, and we just did a half an hour in the morning, and I loved it, but I tried to organize it, which you don't do with Dr. Holm, but I, I didn't know. I didn't know the man well then. Anyone who worked with him at the clinic would have told me better, but I said, now, the show's at 9.30. Should we meet at 9? Why? I said, well, we should talk about what we'd be talking about. Ah, okay. How about 9.15? I said, okay, at the radio station at 9.15. Well, the first time he came in at 9.20, we talked a little bit about what the show would cover. The next week, it was 9.25. The third week, I'm sitting there, with Bert, waiting for Dr. Holm. Well, you know the rest of that. <laughs> he, he saw no reason to get together ahead of time. He was ready to answer any questions that came on the air, as anyone who loved the man knew he would. And he was just, he made the show. And I realized, this is his show, not mine. I'm organized, he isn't, but between the two of us, we'll get this show on the air, and we did. I think Dr. Holm liked like the idea of just being spontaneous on the spot. He, w- he was always his best then. You know, planning and, and sitting back and he working out an outline. Yeah, he, li- he was the very best then off the top of his head. And, but yet, and I- even off the top of his head, he organized so much. Yeah. That's what he, he would get people to do the organizing yeah. for him like this. He knew he wanted the radio show to be more than what he had with Bird Getz. So he wrote me in, and right. I was happy. I yeah. mean, I really enjoyed doing it. And actually, my first radio was way back when I had the shoe store. I couldn't afford a lot of advertising. And I listened on KBRK. We had the store from 76 to 92. All right. There was not a single woman's voice on the radio. I'm sure. You listened the whole day. There was not a woman's voice. And I thought, if I did my own 30-second commercial uh-huh. using my voice, people uh-huh. would notice. Yeah. So I did a 30-second commercial and redid it every week. It ran three times. That's all we could afford. <laughs> three, three ads. People would come to me, where did you get that budget? Do you know how many times you're on the air? Because it was a woman's voice, the only one on the air, they wow, wow, what is this shoe store? You know, we just, it really made a difference. So. It, was, it was known as BTA Advertising, Joan, best time available, which meant is if they didn't have enough commercials to fill the spots, they, they would just pick out of the air. And since you were the only female voice, yours got plugged in because it was so different. Right. And so that kind of got me interested yeah. in radio and TV, and I, and I enjoyed it. Uh, Bob Reimers, remember back in the day? Of course. Yeah. Uh, he was instrumental for starting this station when uh, it's, they signed on August 1st, 1955. 55, yeah. okay. Yeah, he and his partner, and you know, I was trying to think of his Blasic. partner's name. Was Sadie. it Bob Blasick? Blasick. Yeah. Yes. Not B, though, was it? Uh, Blasick? That doesn't sound no, quite No, right. that doesn't sound right. But no. uh, Blasick was his last name. Well, what, the two yeah. of them started right. that station. And, of course, Bert, Bert Reimer stayed with it, I think, longer. He may have retired before Bert. Yeah, he but, did. Yeah, retired playing but, golf down in Phoenix or something, I think. Bob, Bob Reimers. Yeah. Bert is the woman he married. Bob Reimers, yeah. His second marriage. And 
he and Bert were both widowed, and he married Bert the second time. Bob Reimers' wife's name was Roberta. Roberta. And they called her Bob. So when Bob Reimers met the new incoming minister, he said, we're looking forward, Bob and I are looking forward to coming to church Sunday. And the minister's going, oh, this is a very progressive (laughs) 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 The two Bobs, well, then he he met Roberta, and he was like, oh, good, you know. Because we're not that progressive. Back in the late 50s, that was kind of a step ahead, so. It would be, it would Uh, be. The one thing with radio that you can say is that it's instantaneous. TV takes a lot of production, a lot of editing, a lot of things, a lot of time. But radio is, boom, instant. Um, Mistakes and all, you know, warts and all. That's the thing about it, so. And the thing that I like so much about the early days of Prairie Doc homespun medicine, right? Um, all the things that would go wrong, wrong, all the engineering things, smoke in the background, and the phones wouldn't work. And, oh, and but we handled it. Bert would fall asleep, and he, do you remember? He'd look over his head and be back in the chair, <laughs> like this would have to go wake him up. Bert, you're not oh. done yet. Well, oh. and that's why I'm mentioning Bert falling asleep. Do you have to take a break? Here? No, heck no. Oh, all right. I, okay. I burned up all the commercials all before, right. so we're just oh, going to go. Right. Bert falling asleep. He didn't really fall asleep, but when I came, he might as well have been asleep. There was no interaction. I mean, he brought us, if I said, well, now it's time for, and then he'd wake up and he'd pop the commercial <laughs> in. Yeah, I know. It, it's true, he wasn't it? paying attention. No. When you came on the air, and you have to tell me the year. I don't know what year uh, you came. 1991. 91. Yeah. And I was working on the FM. Yeah, but, but when, when you worked here. When Bert was on vacation, right. I'd have to go fill in for him right. for like a month. And I dreaded it like everything because of this goofy phone setup they had. There was like 12 different steps you had to go through to get the phone on the air. Oh. And if any one of them wasn't just right, it wouldn't it work. It wouldn't work, right. So there's some listener that wants to ask Dr. Holm a question live on the air. It's like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll be back after <laughs> yeah. this important commercial message, you know. It's oh. like... Uh, so it was a little nerve-wracking on that end when of it, When did you too. go full-time in AM, though? It wasn't 91. No, was I took it? over no, from later. Brian. Oh, let's Brian see. Brian was in between. Uh, let's see. Bert and then Brian, then you. 2004. Okay, so in 2004, Bert was Bert. Was Brian was a sweet young kid who was, uh, we'll leave it at that. But then you came <laughs> on in 94, and the program changed for the better in my mind. Oh, thank you. It did because you interacted. You paid attention to what we were saying. When we took a break, you'd say, now, Rick, what about this? You would add to the program. And Rick would try to get you to talk. He'd say, okay, Bob had a question, and Bob's going, no, no, no. (laughs) Then he wouldn't even want to hear me. Yeah, but he did, and he really included you, which I thought was phenomenal, and you included us. And the program became the three of us, not just the two of us. You were part of the program. It was always such a rare treat. It wasn't very often Dr. Holm got here first, but sometimes he rarely. would. Very rarely. But he, but those were special times because he'd come in, and I'd just put along a long song, and I'd let the stuff go, and we would talk about all kinds of different things. And you get a chance to see a person in a different light. Right. So here's this person. You know, if you think about it, in our society with doctors, they're they're gods. I mean, they really are. They're yeah. they're held up to a higher standard than the rest of us are. But you get to see a person the way they are. You know, Doctor Holm uh, had a hole in his blue jeans and and had a <laughs> dent in his car. And you know, it's just a regular guy. And it was so fun to get to know him on the personal level like that. Right. Do you know how many times? We went downstairs to Quinn's office, and I disrobed, and he gave me a checkup because you'd go up to the car and get his clutch bag and say, oh, you know, you've got a heart murmur. You need to go get that checked out. And, and I'd say, you know, Dr. Holm, I got this terrible pain. Oh, come on downstairs then. So he was just he was an all-around guy. How many people would do that, you know? Not too many. <laughs> no, no, no. It no. was just, just endeared himself to me so much. And then the fun thing was, as time went by, I met your kids. We used to have the grandkids come up oh, here. You, you have a whole mob holidays, of them up right. here, and we'd make yeah. a big deal out of it. You know, they were right. probably bored to tears, <laughs> but it was so fun to see this whole multi-generational, you right. know, mix that yeah. came into it. So and it was fun to see his kids grow up over the years too. It was you know, the three boys and yeah. one girl, and golly, he loved those kids. He it had was just s- amazing med students with him, and now guess what? Some of them are physicians at the well, hospital. Well, Kelly came I know, in as I a know. student. Yeah. And it's just like the word broadcasting came from back in the day when farmers would go out into a field and they would throw seeds out of a, an apron and they would broadcast, broadcast them on the ground. The and broadcasting was the words from your mouth were being spread out like seeds and you never knew where they were going to take root. And, you know, that was the whole thing with 
with Dr. Holm and, and the Bob, information that he spread. this is one of the spread. reasons you were so darn fun <laughs> to be. Know. Who comes up with the origin of the word broadcasting well, but Bob? I, he I, does more reading than... I, I always kid him. My husband was a geographer, and I called geographers... Um, uh, Soft of all trade. What's the word? Oh, I can't come up with it now. That's the problem of getting older. The words won't come. But uh, master of none, but know everything. A little bit about, about Dilet- everything. Dilettante. Yeah, and that would be your mindset. Well, Had you gone on to college and graduate school, you would have been a geography professor because you know a little bit about everything. Well, I don't you have, really do. I'm kind of a loner, sort of antisocial, and I don't mean to come across as a snob, but I do spend a lot of time. I grew up you know, rurally isolated, and it was my own entertainment, and I did, I started reading. I don't know, reading has meant so much to me, and I know Dr. Holm loved to read, and he shared his joy of reading. He and, did. And I just think that people who read a lot are interesting. You know, I mean, they may not have had life experience, but they certainly have had a pretty broad overview of many different things, and yeah. so... And sometimes he would upset people because they wanted to hear medicine, and he had just seen, read I just finished book. this great book. I finished yeah, this book. I, I got to talk about yeah, this book. Then he right. asked me if I read but, you know, the book. The, the thing is, people would call back later and then they'd say, what was the name of that book yeah. Dr. Holmes so was talking about? Because they, like they were paying attention, you know. The one thing I did get, and of course I'm doing it right now in this half hour, every once in a while I get a call. You know, it's his show. Why don't you just shut up and let him talk? I said, what? And they would call me at home and just say, you have to talk medicine. We don't want to hear about you or your family. I said, Uh, okay, I'll try to be better. I get calls like that every day. Uh, And it's like, well, you know what? Okay, here's the thing. This is radio. On radio, we talk. Um, <laughs> do you want to come talk. in and try it and see? You know, so it's like uh, you can't have it both ways. But well, you can't have dead sound. And that I discovered too. When he was gone, and you have a guest doctor, it w- could be painful because if the doctor didn't feel, you know, they would a- I would have a question ready, and they'd say yes or no, and that was it. There was no more coming. I thought, oh my. But Doctor Holm, you threw in one thing, and he was good forever, forever and a day. Talking about doctors who are guests, there was one that was quite glib that always came in, never had to worry when she came in. That was Dr. Deb Johnston. And guess what? She's going to be here for our half hour, 930, right? You have the usual question and answers. Um, It's kind of funny, too, how over the years you get to see doctors in a bit of a different light. You're, You're out of the clinical environment, so they're not wearing their white lab coats with stethoscopes. Now they're people, they're friends, they're company, they're coming in. We get a chance to visit. You know, in between the breaks, people think we just sit in here and it's quiet. That's when we're really going to town. We only right. got 30 seconds, you know, so let's seconds, go. Yep. Get it out. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of fun, too. So it's You know, we didn't nice talk enough you. about Dr. Holm, though. Let's do it. All right. What else can we say about Dr. Um, Holm? He, lo- he loved a lot of different things in life. He, he liked things, but he also loved things. He loved his family. He did. And he loved the strange collection of people that followed him. He loved music. He loved to sing. He loved to read. He loved to sail. He was the Renaissance man. He was. That's what he was. He was the Renaissance man. I love the fact that when he knew you, he knew you for a lifetime. Yeah. He always talked about his boys from Dismet. And every Wednesday night, you knew they were out at the lake. The boys, they were either sailing or having a beer or two, but he would get together with these men he had known since he was four years old. They were being naughty sometimes, too, don't they? Were they? (laughs) Well, whatever they they did. But he retained those friendships over the years. He just was a good, good man. I can remember going to the clinic a couple of times. I had pneumonia once, and I had a couple other issues with me, and he called me at home. And he wanted to change. He wasn't my doctor, wasn't my attending physician, but he was a friend, and he was concerned about me. And he said, now, you know, if you don't do any better, you make sure and call me, and I'll give you an exam <laughs> down in Quinn's office again in, during the yes. commercial the break. The examination room, yeah, down exactly. in the basement. So, right. He was there um, for you. It, it wasn't oh. just a nine-to-five job with him. He, he was the whole deal. He lived, he lived the life of a healer and the kind of guy that you are, were just happy to be your friend or your neighbor yeah. or and your And I'll mention co-worker. one more thing. If people are wondering why I'm not in the air, first of all, there's someone so much better than I that has taken over this role. And that's Laura Ellsworth. No one could do this job better than, than she. If she had been here longer, it would, I would have been long gone. Actually, before Dr. Holm got his diagnosis of cancer, I told Ed within a month, or when we leave for Florida, I'm going to let Rick know this is, this is it. Right. Laura's great. She can take over. Or Joni, I can't tell you who have. And his wife, Joni, often came in and did the show, too. But I think Laura's excellent. She's here now. And a month later, he gets diagnosed. I and he know. said, I can't yeah. leave. Right. 
but he won't last a year. I know. Three years later. I <laughs> so I was on quite a while. I was thrilled he lasted three years. But well, it, but in that time, whenever I couldn't, Laura was here. And thank God she was. And with no training at all. And I got to see her come in here just as green as anything. And her hands were shaking <laughs> like twigs that first couple times. But it was so fun to see every week. She settled into it. She went home and practiced in front of the mirror. I know that you did. And, <laughs> and wrote all the intros and outros and did all these things and has just grown. To me, it's... It's fun to watch, isn't well, it? Well, <laughs> to, to watch the torch pass from one right. to another, yeah. it's, it's sad, but it's also glorious. It's wonderful. And it's wonderful for me. You know, you don't want to be replaced by a weaker person. You want to be replaced by someone who's better than you. And that's what happened. Do you feel like one of your children now... You've, you've raised this children, you, you're this child, you've nurtured it. Now it's off in the world on its own, and you can stand back and be proud Just of the person of that it's grown into. She's done a great job. Think of what, how many people have benefited from the vision that you had and how it came to fruition and how it all worked out and how it continues to impact people in a positive way right. all these many years later. It's good to know. It's amazing to me. Yeah. It's a miracle, and it's so fun to just stand back and be part of that, to see that actually happen. And you should be proud. You should be prouder than anything that you had a vision and you realized that vision. Not everyone gets to do that. Well, I don't think it was my vision, but thank you. I, I was fortunate to ride, ride on uh, Rick Holmes' bootstraps, I guess. Just come along with him, and it's been a great ride. I'm glad that my glasses are fogged up because now you can't see that I'm shedding a tear or two, but it's true because... It wasn't until this moment it finally hit me that, you know, we have turned the page now. You are the reason I'm not on the air. Conversations like this, he said, I'd be a weeping fool. No. Time for Laura to take over. Go to a commercial, whatever you do. Joan, you have been a good friend. Thank and you. God bless you. You make sure and tell Ed to call and check in with me and recommend some of those good bluegrass Canadian bands that he likes to listen to. Well, he said be sure and say Bob. Safe say travels to you. Thank you for everything and thank for you. your friendship and for all that you've done. God bless you and thank you. Thank you, Bob. Take Appreciate care. it. You bet. We're going to go to a commercial break and then we're going to get into our Prairie Dot radio broadcast. Good morning and welcome. It's 9.31 at KBRK, a special broadcast and episode this time around of Prairie Doc Radio. As we say a fond farewell to our good friend, Joan Hogan, we now welcome into our studio, can't say her replacement, but uh, I don't know what we'd call her. Extension, air. an extension, I guess. Her air, air appearance. <laughs> Laura Ellsworth joins us. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. What a fun morning to listen in on Bob and Joan reminiscing over these years. We're just doing a little mic shift around here. I love it. We go with the flow. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Richard Holmes. We have had a special morning here visiting with Bob and our longtime Prairie Doc radio host, Joan Hogan. And now we are happy to have Dr. Deb Johnston here with us to answer your medical questions. So give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Dr. Johnston's specialty is family medicine, and she works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Johnston. Good morning. It's great to be here. And I, I caught the tail end of the interview, and I just have to, I have to reiterate what Joan said about how happy we are to have, have you, Laura, as, you. as her heir. And I also have to point out that um, because you are such a fantastic heir, only one person needed to step into Joan's shoes, and it <laughs> took four of us to step into Rick's, and I'm pretty sure that we are not living up to, to his legacy. So it's, it's fortunate that we have a whole team at the Prairie Dock to, to keep us on track with deadlines and everything that needs to happen, and I think about all the things that Rick did without that team and all those people to help share the load for those years and I'm just even more awed by him than I was 
as a resident here, a second year resident the first time I did the show with you, Joan. <laughs> I just I very distinctly remember that and I have so much um, appreciation for the idea that you were just shaking because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I was just shaking and my mouth was dry and I couldn't breathe and and I was just terrified I was going to get a question that I had absolutely no idea how to answer and I certainly did but uh, somehow Rick managed to find something right about the answer that I gave and that was a real skill that that man had was to to really build up the the next generation and help us all understand um, the value of positive reinforcement, I guess. He was really an incredible man. Absolutely. He was dead. Yes. Sure. Well, we're going to spend some time today reminiscing uh, with Joan and Dr. Johnston, and but we're also here to answer your medical questions. So if you have those today, I know we have one that we'll get to after our break, but um, this is a great time for you to give us a call with your medical questions. So we'll be going to our first break shortly. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you'd like us to talk about today. Or if you have a comment or well wish for Joan, you could pass that along too. We'd take those too. We'll return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. The five major symptoms of a heart attack are chest pain or discomfort in the center or left side of the chest that lasts for more than a few minutes or goes away and comes back. The discomfort can feel like uncomfortable pressure, squeezing, fullness, or pain. You might feel weak, lightheaded, or faint. You might even break out into a cold sweat. You may have pain or discomfort in the jaw, neck, or back. You may have pain or discomfort in one or both shoulders. Shortness of breath may come with the chest discomfort. Other symptoms of a heart attack could include unusual or unexplained tiredness and nausea or vomiting. Women are more likely to have these symptoms. Call 911 if you notice symptoms of a heart attack. Promoting health and safety, the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Everything Welcome awesome. back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and with us today, we have our longtime Prairie Doc Radio host, Joan Hogan. And Prairie Doc physician, Deb Johnston, is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Now, prior to um, uh, starting our show officially here at 930, we had a great time reminiscing with Bob and Joan. Joan, um, for those listeners who are just joining us, could you give us a brief history again about how this Prairie Doc radio program got started? Okay. Actually, the program began with uh, the former disc jockey of KBRK, Bert Getz. Mm -hmm. He was on the air for oh, at least 20, 30 years. He started with the station in the 50s and stayed until the 80s, I think, or 70s. And uh, he, Rick had come in to uh, promote something that was going on at the clinic. Bert asked him... Why don't you come back every week and we could talk about medicine? So that's how the program began with Bert and Rick. And what I did, I got involved because in about 94, I was listening when Bert Getz would talk. And all he wanted to do was talk about the price of his prescriptions <laughs> and how everything was so expensive. And I was listening. I thought, what a waste of a good man's time. Here is a doctor willing to come in, want to give you the latest on medicine, and all we're getting is Bert's problems. And that's usually what the half hour entailed. So I ran into Rick at uh, some social affair and suggested maybe I could come in and just host it with you and we would let you talk about medicine. And that worked out fine for Bert. Bert was very happy not to work too. So <laughs> when we came in, he would either doze off or eventually get us in and out, but he didn't he didn't involve himself at all, and Rick and I, I finally gave Rick a chance to talk about medicine, and so that's how it began. Very good. So, I, and that was really the start, from what I understand, of Rick's kind of public um, efforts right. to educate people in medicine. And I was and at the college then, uh, studying radio and TV and communication studies, and he said, can't you get me on television? So I met up with Jay Van Duke, who had his own production studio, talked to him about it, and because of Rick's involvement in so many medical associations, doctors trusted him. Mm -hmm. It was very hard to get a doctor to agree to do a TV show because they were afraid they'd be uh, set out to, you know, you know, Deb, you would know. You're not yes. going to just do a TV show with someone. 
but you knew if it was Rick, he was going to protect you, mm-hmm. and you could talk on that show and not be insulted or, or questioned or brought down. So he started it, and uh, we put it together, and we did five one-hour episodes. The problem we didn't understand was you can produce a good show, but who's going to air it? Uh-huh. And we had we were really thought public TV would just pick it up, and we discovered public television wanted to produce their own shows. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to produce somewhere else. They would run it, but they ran it at 7 in the morning on a Sunday. I mean, it was just... W- then we ended up sharing the tapes of this show with different clinics around the city. So it was used, clinics around the state, and hospitals. A lot of hospitals would... There was one, there was a heart specialist. I can't remember all the shows now, but there were five different subjects, really well done and well produced. And so we, after those five, I said, it's not worth your time or effort, Rick. We're not getting it where it belongs. So we continued with radio. He continued. He started writing more and working on essays and uh, doing, and he wanted to write a book. And so he started his book. So he had many other outreaches. But then he came back to me a couple years later. He said, I just have to do TV. And I went over and I talked to the head of communication studies. And I said, the guy wants to do television. She said, well, why don't you go over to the uh, ag communications? I said, it's not ag, it's medicine. She said, no, no, they cover more. So I went over and talked to a gentleman producing the television for ag communications. And at that time, South Dakota Public TV was located right here in Brookings, not in Suf- not in uh, Vermilionville. It was in, excuse me, that isn't the name of the town, is it? Vermilion, that's it. It wasn't in Vermilion then. So uh, I talked to the, pro- he said, you can't believe this. We're just at the point where we have a couple of good young producers. We want to have a show. Medicine's fine. And I said, but it's ag communications. Well, agriculture needs medicine, too. So I was thrilled. You know, so wow. that's how okay. he ended up tying in with South Dakota Public Television because it was located right here in Brookings. They were thrilled. The timing was just right. It worked out well. And so then that's how that began. And so he began with the television. And with the television, then he would have to write an essay each week. Those became the, t- the, radi- the newspaper. So everything just kept expanding from that. It worked out very well. Yes. So it all began with radio. It but did. But it transitioned it really into a television show, these essays that are now in 130-some newspapers. Isn't that amazing? Throughout the region um, and in magazines and all of this, and obviously an online presence and social media presence and all of that began here. And he was also smart program. enough to realize it wasn't just about him. Mm-hmm. You know, he did have a large ego. He was loving and caring. <laughs> you can't deny the man had a big ego, which he, is wonderful. He had confidence, and he that's how confident. he managed to do this. I don't, uh, you know, I think confidence, confidence is a better, would be a better, better word than, word than ego. Because right. yep. right. yeah. he was because so confident. And he was always able, one of the things I loved so much about Rick, and one of the things that I have tried really hard to emulate when I have students of my own is being able to be challenged and to change my position if the evidence shows that it's wrong. It's outdated, there's new evidence, it was always wrong and we just didn't realize it or I just didn't realize it. And that's one of the things that I think was particularly great about Rick. And one of the things you said about how doctors trusted him, but I think it's also important that he would challenge you if you were wrong. I mean, he might do it gently, but he didn't let things that weren't correct stand. Mm-hmm. Which, and it was really important to him. Yes. more TV shows came on with popular doctors, he said they're not spreading good truth. science. Yep. They're not spreading truth. We have to keep going. Knowing this, he and Joni came up with the idea for the foundation, which I thought was brilliant. Yep. Joni is a wife. For those yep. of you who don't know, yep. Yep. he's surrounded by Jones. His yep. mother... With, I think was Joanne. He married Joni. <laughs> he worked with Joan. But Joni, his wife, and Rick both decided this is bigger than him. And so they started the foundation. And, of course, you four wonderful prairie docs that have taken over have, are going to keep that going, which is amazing We're sure going to gonna try. Yeah. 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 So he kept that legacy going, which I just, I, I just sat back and admired the man. 
Yeah, yeah, Rick and Joni have been wonderful at bringing in a team of people. Like, I think we all feel like we're so important and that this mission is so important to this team um, that they've brought together. Like, we all have a role to play, whether you're a Prairie Doc or on the board of directors for the Healing Words Foundation. I mean, they have just so many people that believe in this mission, yeah. um, working hard to keep this legacy going. Um, the other it, thing I thought of was his creativity when there was a problem. When they started the TV show, they needed people to answer the questions, you know, answer the calls that came in. Well, it was hard finding students willing to do it. And Rick knew this, and it was bothering him. And all of a sudden, I don't know if it was Rick or Joni. I can't give credit to one or the other. Between the two of them, they thought, let's call them pre-medicine and give them a reason to be here. So anyone who was pre-medicine at South Dakota State was invited to join this group of telephone people. And they learned more than just pre-medicine. They could talk to the doctors when they came to the station. The doctors met with them afterwards. They were getting wonderful medical experience. Plus, Joni took them on medical missions with her. So it was an honor to become one of these people. So no longer did they have to beg to have kids to answer the phone. They now had people who were begging to get to be one of those people. That's how his mind worked. He always found a new creative way to deal with a problem. A a way for everybody to win, to get the needs met and everybody to win. That's right. Well, we need to take our next break. We we have questions. We do, we do. So we will get to those medical questions when we return. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you'd like us to address. Our programs are available on Apple Podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Attention drivers, there are many bikers on the road. Please remember these rules. Share the road. Bicyclists have the same rights to the road as motor vehicles do. It is the law to allow three feet between your car and the bicyclist. Give bicyclists space on the road. When turning right, look right before proceeding. Always check the sidewalks as well as the traffic lanes when merging or turning. Slow down and watch for pedestrians and bicyclists. The Avera Medical Group Brookings encourages drivers as well as bikers to help prevent accidents. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and with us today we have our Prairie Doc Radio host, Joan Hogan, and Prairie Doc physician, Deb Johnston, here to discuss your medical questions and to reminisce a little bit as we congratulate Joan and thank her for all that she's done for Prairie Doc. So you can give us a call at 605-692-1430. Can I interrupt you a second, Yes, go One ahead. of the questions that came in, the woman brought it to me, yes. and I thought, I think I'll ask it. Uh, is Laura Ellsworth a doctor? No, Laura Ellsworth <laughs> is not a doctor. No, I'm not. Um, you will I... be named one often, though. <laughs> this happened to me over the years in Brookings. I'm yes. not kidding you. I once had a friend pick up a prescription for me, and the pharmacist said, oh, um, did, does she know? Do you have any questions about this? And she looked, she said, oh, it's Joan Hogan. She's a doctor. She'll know. Oh, <laughs> and this nice. is a pharmacist. Yes. Who just, so they'll think you're a doctor, Laura. No. But you're not. No, I'm you not married a doctor. fine physician, though, didn't I have, you? I have similar undergraduate um, training as Joan. I went to Augustana, got my degree in communications while I was there. There you go. Had an amazing professor who introduced me to the world of nonprofits, had us do some research projects on nonprofits and um, create a campaign for a nonprofit. And um, I was like, wow, I like to work for nonprofits when I grow up. And so um, I, I got my master's in nonprofit or in public administration with an emphasis in nonprofits um, while my husband was getting a medical degree, um, Dr. Andrew Ellsworth. And um, that led me into um, fundraising and um, supporting nonprofits in a variety of ways and um, doing quite a bit of volunteering. But then Dr. Holm um, at as he was volunteering his time for all these roles um, with the Prairie Doc programs, he was also doing all the fundraising, um, which is actually a big job. Um, 
to keep that all in order as well. And so he asked if I would help the Healing Words Foundation out with their fundraising efforts. And so that's how I got started a few years ago with the Healing Words Foundation and the Prairie Doc programs. And then um, after I started doing that, Joan kind of planted the seed like, hey, you should come watch what I do in the radio and see if that would be something you could fill in for me when I go to Florida and things like that. And so that's kind of how that started. Incidentally, I do want to comment my first time here. Yes. um, I had younger children at that time, so it was kind of tricky to figure out when I was going to get here. So the time it finally worked to come, um, I was here to listen in, and it was 9.30. Dr. Holm was not here. Um, Surprise, surprise. Joan was not worried. This, (laughs) This was a normal thing, it seemed like. Uh, I think we went to our first commercial break and Joan called Rick and he was sitting at Cook's Kitchen doing some (laughs) research. (laughs) And so I think we had a lovely conversation about Share the Warmth and Salvation Army that day. (laughs) And then Rick did make it. But he was so excited about the reading he was doing about... Greg, um, grave diggers and how <laughs> medicine learned so much from these the, in history about how these grave diggers did things preparing for a show. So just um, a fascinating man and always exciting and energized and right. all of that. But um, yeah, so that's how I got involved with Prairie Dog. Um, more from a communications background, but uh, love learning from all these Prairie Docs. Um, when I get to do this show. So oh, good. That's a little bit. I had forgotten that first time you visited when <laughs> yes. you didn't even show it all. Oh, I, that, that is really funny because I know he was always breezing in with just just at the deadline. He was yes. just never early. No. I, I came five minutes early today, and I, I remember thinking, oh, I, I, I feel like I'm running late. I got to get there. And then I remembered, oh, wait. Oh, <laughs> yes. You're early. It's okay. Five just minutes early. Right. Well, um, this show exists because we want to answer medical questions. And we have two today. So good. thank you for calling in with those. And call with um, more. Yeah, feel free to call us Call us with um, other questions. 605-692-1430. Um, a caller says they have a walking issue. Um, when they're walking, they tend to lean forward forward and the more they walk the more they tend to lean forward they've had an x-ray done and are going to work on pt should they wear a brace or any other ideas to help her um, stand upright that is uh, that is a really interesting question and you know there's not going to be a one-size-fits-all answer to that i uh, there's a lot of things that run through my mind here number one Uh, How old is this person? Number two, uh, what other medical problems are they known to have? Um, This could simply be a matter of truncal weakness, um, but I also would have some concerns that there might be some other underlying medical issue. So physical therapy would usually be my first step in these kinds of situations. Um, If this person has already done physical therapy, then my recommendation would be that they go back to their doctor and talk about what their next step should be. They may be a really good um, candidate to go and see a specialty of medicine called physical medicine and rehabilitation, PM and R, also known as physiatry. And these are, are specialists in as it says, rehabilitation. So they are specialists in function. They work a lot with people who have had injuries or strokes or prolonged illnesses. Um, They work a lot with pain. And this is exactly the kind of problem that they really do well at helping to solve. My concern with a brace would be if the problem is weakness, the brace may actually aggravate that problem. So um, I wouldn't recommend a brace just as a uh, universal out-of-the-box recommendation. It may be part of an overall treatment plan, but I think their best next step is to go in and, and speak with their doctor about what they should be doing to to get to the root of what's causing the problem. Okay, great. Thank you, Dr. Johnston. Another question we have, how long does it take to recover from knee surgery? <laughs> Looks like this is from uh, from someone Joan might know. We might get a medical opinion on this and a personal experience on it. You could, on you could. But maybe Deb should answer that. 
Uh, well, I don't know. I'm particularly interested in the, in, <laughs> in the personal experience here. So why don't you t- why don't you okay. tell people what it's been like recovering from knee surgery, Joan? Okay, it has been. I've had two knees done. One was four or five years ago, and one just June fifteenth. And I really had already canceled the knee surgery because there was no way I was going to have surgery during COVID. And then my knee gave out really bad in May. And so I called the doctor back and I said, can I get that that date again? <laughs> nope, nope, that's Phil, but how about June 15th? The best thing, and this I should talk recovery, but I have to talk about where this surgery was done. All my other surgeries were done in Sioux Falls, which is okay. I mean, those doctors were great. I will not knock anyone who goes to Sioux Falls for any type of surgery. We have wonderful medicine there. But... In the interim, we got um, two orthopedic surgeons right here at the Brookings Hospital. And they did a workshop about a year ago explaining this new robotic therapy they had. And I went in and met both surgeons. Actually, Dr. Holman had both surgeons right here in Brookings at our radio station. You know, if a new doctor arrives in town, he grabs and puts (laughs) them on the air. So I met both of them personally, two fine young men. Um, young, anybody under 50 is young to me, so I don't think either one I of them is 50 yet. They're young, <laughs> two young you. men, <laughs> great surgeons, and explaining this robotic therapy, it just, I thought, I don't want to go to Sioux Falls for surgery. If you have a problem, you have to drive 60 miles back. It's just so much nicer to be in Brookings. So I did have my surgery done right here in Brookings. Anyone thinking of any type of orthopedic surgery, really consider Brookings Hospital. If you're here, you're going to love the care you get. It's fantastic. Now for recovery. Mm-hmm. Recovery, I think, having had three, uh, two knees and one hip replaced, I don't think anyone's 100% for a year. But that doesn't mean you haven't recovered before that. It's just everything is incremental. The first two weeks after a knee, you feel like there's a log attached where a <laughs> le- knee used to be, and you have to move that or where a leg used to be. You have to move that log. You know, it's just, it's not comfortable the first two weeks. I've never been a back sleeper, and you got to sleep on your back because if you turn over, it kills you. So the first two weeks are not pleasant. After two weeks, everything starts to really get better incrementally, and you start being able to move. Physical therapy is so important, a big part of it. And please do what the doctor suggests for physical therapy because it really makes a difference. It really helps. I found I'm now at eight weeks, I think. What's today? Yeah, it's full eight weeks. And I found this past week, I did have a toilet riser in our bath, toilet downstairs because <laughs> it was such a, the, one, the two bathrooms upstairs have a higher toilet, the low toilet, oh my goodness, you just can't get down to it. So or we had a riser. <laughs> Pardon me? Or up from it. Yes, yes. Once you're down, you don't come up. You know, so <laughs> it's very dangerous. But yes. to have the toilet riser, if you don't have a high toilet, be sure to get a riser. And then I had a shower in my bathtub. I had a chair, which I just took out this week, hmm. you know, because I don't need anymore. I can step into the tub now. Before, it was just you really didn't want to step in a tub. So there's all these incremental things. I've just hit the two-week point. And actually, I saw two months, I'm sorry, I saw the doctor maybe two weeks ago, and I said, when can I drive? He said, you could drive now. I said, I don't think so. He said, okay, <laughs> then drive when you're ready. And I just started driving yesterday. So I think two months is a big is thing. It, I'm it, driving it, now, and I'm walking, and I don't need a cane. I, and you really determine yourself when yeah. you need that cane. or when Start with a walker. Don't be embarrassed to use a walker. You need it. You need it for stability. When you don't need the walk anymore, you switch to a cane. When you don't need the cane, pretty soon you realize the cane's just in the way. I've been and, fine. And I think that that's an important point, that the recovery is gradual. Um, you certainly make the fastest progress in the first weeks and a couple of months after the surgery. A lot of people will tell me that they wake up from surgery and they have less pain than they did before. I think that's pretty optimistic. Um, (laughs) But I think a lot of it depends on how much pain you had beforehand uh, because everything is in comparison to what your life was like beforehand. You will get about 80% of the strength of a wound in after six weeks. So six to eight weeks is when the most of the healing happens but the function as Joan said is going to take a a lot longer to fully recover so you will get ongoing improvement over that first year 
and you're not going to see it without therapy. I would emphasize therapy over, you never guess my sister was a physical therapist, but really, it's important. You need that therapy. I am a huge believer in physical therapy. I know not all uh, orthopods are as aggressive about it, but I have had very, very few people who haven't rehabbed better with some expert guidance. Excellent. Really well, thank helps. you for I that, hope that helps. perspective. It's <laughs> nice to have that personal experience yeah, perspective it, right. as well when you're going through something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've had a great show today reminiscing on um, Prairie Doc programs and the history here. I wanted to mention our podcast one more time. Um, Joan helped get that going. I was so impressed. It was kind of an idea. We should have an Apple podcast. She's like, okay. So she made that happen. And so for those of you um, who love listening to Joan and love listening to Rick, all you need to do on your, if you have an Apple phone, just click that little purple podcast button and click Prairie Doc, and you can listen to that whole library of radio programs and have a great time reminiscing with Joan and Rick um, through that method. So it's a real easy way. You can put it in your pocket, carry it around, and listen to Joan and Rick but and, m- and more the programs, too. Yeah, more importantly <laughs> than that, you can hear the current programs yeah, with Laura and Dan. Do, do you still have the old homespun medicine shows we do. on that? Oh. Yeah. See, no, oh, I don't know if they're on that, but they're, you know where they are? They're, they're now archived at the U.S., uh, you know, the South Dakota State University Library has archived all the old programs. Uh, you know, this will always be homespun medicine to me. Yes. Well, Joan, we are going to be wrapping up here. Is there anything else you would like to tell your loyal listeners as you wrap up this? Just thank you for the years. It was great fun. Yes. Thanks for listening. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for all that you've done, Joan, to make this fantastic program. Um, We encourage everyone to keep following us um, um, on Facebook. You can find us on Prairie Doc on Facebook and on YouTube. And then for free and easy access to that entire Prairie Doc library, visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for the Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Deb Johnston and Joan Hogan for joining us today and for all the work both of you have done throughout the years to provide us informative medical programs. On behalf of all of your listeners, thank you, Joan. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.